You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and The Fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all all cuts and trims are by appointment only. So head over to their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and book your appointment now with Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop. That's 10thwardbarbershop.com. And we thank them for supporting the podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Foundation Radio is brought to you by The Dugout. The Dugout provides custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Modern style mixed with classic designs, you'll find retro t-shirts brought into the 21st century. Adam has several of his favorite t-shirts in rotation from the team at The Dugout, including customized Dudley Boys, Prince in the Revolution, and the Notorious B.I.G. t-shirts. Right now, if you purchase your items through their Etsy site and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll receive 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15% off your entire order. Follow them on Instagram at The Dugout Brand. Follow the link on their Etsy shop and use your promo code FOUNDATION for 15% off your entire order. The Dugout, custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Well, from adfreeshows.com. How are you, sir? Thank you so much for stopping by Foundation Radio today. I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited as a fellow guest host now. Um, I can officially wear that label on my pin, on my, uh, my general's uniform. Uh, it is great to have you here. You are uh, Conrad's right-hand man on the shows. It is, uh, it is incredible to see all of the things that you've been doing recently. But uh, today I want to talk more about you as the individual. Uh, so I guess the best place to start is, as a wrestling fan, when did your fandom with wrestling begin? Sure, no. So uh, it started at a very young age. Uh, I think I, my first memories of wrestling were between, I guess, 83 and 84. Um, so let's see, how old have I have been then? Five or six years old. Uh, but I remember specifically being at my grandfather's house, and my grandfather was a wrestling fan, took my dad when he was younger to all the matches. Dad remembers seeing Bruno and, and all the wrestlers from the, that era back at the Baltimore Arena. Um, so it was something that was on 
at Pop-Pop's house, if you will. And uh, I remember the years of Bob Backlund and the Iron Sheik and uh, Bob Backlund losing the title to Sheik and then the transition from Sheik to really the kickoff of Hulkamania. So right. my fandom really started uh, at, the, at the time of, of Hulkamania and him really transitioning into the WWF and becoming the champion. And that's my earliest memories of wrestling started right at that time. Now, how long did you like, did you kiss? Because I know a lot of times there are lapsed fans like me. You know, there was a while right after sure. the invasion where I just stopped watching. So I was like, well, you know, this isn't as great as I thought it was going to be. Was there a period of time where you stopped watching? Like, was there, were you just kind of like waned from it and then you came back? Like, was there any, any experience like that? There were a few short times. I remember uh, in high school, uh, especially once I started working and, you know, just not having the extra time to watch it as much. There was a little downtime. I think the biggest lull for me was probably the early 2000s. Uh, again, that was around when I got married and uh, just weren't, wasn't watching it. It was probably right around that invasion time period, uh, early 2000s. And um, so I got out of it for a little bit uh, around that time, but did come back. And, uh, you know, during the Cena years and Edge versus Cena and uh, that seemed to be kind of a big back and forth for those 2000s. And then I was there for, uh, I was already fully back in by the time Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and everybody had entered the fray. But I would say the early 2000s, I had gotten out of it a little bit, uh, but then ended up jumping back in because, you know, wrestling's a drug and as people try to run away from it or get out of it for a little bit, but it ends up bringing us back in and sucking us back in at some point down the road. So that's just how it works. And <laughs> and now it's like a big boom all over again. So here we go. It really is. And I would, it always, it always brings that famous Michael Corleone line to mind. Just when I thought they, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. And that's it literally how I feel every time I watch wrestling. It's like, Oh man, I was just getting out of it. Now I'm back. But yeah, I got to tell you, man, it's a really exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And I feel like I would be remiss to not talk about some of the things that have happened, obviously, as a as an esteemed wrestling podcaster, as as you and I are. Uh, we are, I, you know what? Well, listen, Paul, for myself, I use that term loosely. You're definitely <laughs> a notch above. But, no, no, uh, <laughs> I, I think of myself. I don't think of myself in that way at all. I feel like I'm still learning, man. I'm yeah. still trying to learn the ropes. So. It's funny, man. I, I, I feel the same way. It's like I my show was very much a, um, a, a mixed bag of things up until very recently. And then I started getting into wrestling and it was just like, you know, doing the wrestling aspect. And it was like, wow, this is way cooler than anything I've, you know, and it feels like I found my lane. But if I'm not learning something every day, then I'm not doing it right. So it's it's definitely a, a plus. But uh, Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, CM Punk, uh, tell me your thoughts about all of that. Because I know you get to spend a lot of time with guys like Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard, and you get to ask them about their opinions. But I want to know what Paul thinks about all this. Yeah, no, uh, CM Punk for me, whether, you know, because I don't put a whole lot about my personal thoughts and stuff out on social media that's just not that's just not who I am or what I how I use it. But uh, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. Uh, I love the way that he came back and they brought him back. Uh, and for me, it was because it, it, everybody saw it the way he can connect with an audience. Um, yeah, there's just he's real. It doesn't feel scripted. It didn't feel scripted when he had from the pipe bomb on in WWE. And um, it was just a different kind of emotional connection. To me, I need to care. I want to care. I want right. to be invested. As a character, I know there's guys that Vince has picked over the years that he wants to push and he wants to get over. And you can feel uh, those characters that you know they want to push and they want to become. It just doesn't have that same 
that same connection, if you will. Similar right. to what Daniel Bryan was able to develop through the Yes movement, and it was organic, and you wanted to cheer for him. Well, Punk had that, and Punk left, and you could tell he was a contrarian. He did not like the way that everything was set up in WWE, the politics of it. He made it very clear, and you could tell. It was written all over his face, but because of that, you were attracted to his persona because he there was that level of realism. And, yeah. you, and at least, you know, I did. I like that. I like someone that uh, didn't have to just go along with the flow, had his own thoughts and ideas, and didn't necessarily feel like it was scripted, even if it may have been a little bit when he came out. So anyway, with him coming back, I was really excited, especially on a different platform where you knew uh, – he wasn't going to have that script or have to play by their rules necessarily and be himself. So really excited about that. I think it was well done. If you listen to all the other podcasts, especially when I heard Jim Cornette say it was it was perfectly done about an <laughs> AEW show. I'm Honest like, to God, man. Holy cow. Yeah. When he's saying that, you know it was done well. So yeah, very excited about it. Uh, Brock and Becky, listen. We've been waiting for Becky, wondering about her. Is she going to be on this SmackDown? Is she going to be on this show? What, what are they waiting for? Uh, the situation, how it all played out, it's unfortunate with whatever happened with Sasha and how it worked out. Me personally, I was not a fan of the squash match with Bianca. I know that Becky wants to be a heel. I don't think there's any breaking news in any of this. You could see on SmackDown that we, that, you know, we just watched her trying to embrace that. There's going to be a lot of work to be done there if she's actually going to get over as a heel because the yeah. fans are absolutely in love with her. So I don't know how that's going to go. But, um, hey, she's a bona fide superstar. She's the man. People love her, her merch, everything about her. She's a great wrestler. So it's exciting. WWE needed that jolt. And then Brock, love him or hate him, he's a name. He's a badass. He has a little bit of a different look, which I like. I think he need you know, mix it up a little bit. Um, they're going to make him a baby face from what we're seeing and hearing and reading as, as we, as we keep up on all that. Um, but I think again, it's what a, a year and a half deal. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to want to feed someone else big time to Roman to continue to, to, uh, build Roman. And, uh, but it's always good to have that star power back in the business. I think it's good for wrestling. Um, and so we'll see how that storyline continues. Obviously Finn Balor's the stopgap now until they want to use Brock. Uh, but I'm glad to have them all back. It's It all worked out. It was the same weekend. Um, so exciting times for wrestling. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think it's an exciting time to be a fan. And, and me and my brain, when I think about people like Edge, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk being back in wrestling full time in 2021. Like when you think about that as a fan, you know, from back in that time and all three of these guys were gone almost permanently for different reasons, you know, and, and to see it now, it's just an incredible feeling, right? Like it's just, it's, it's, it, and what's cooler too, is I get to share the excitement with my kids who are yes. now in wrestling, right? So it's this multi-generational part of wrestling that I get to enjoy now with my kids. But yeah, I mean, the punk thing was just, I mean, I don't know when I was that excited before about somebody coming back and wrestling, you know, like I, I have, I have, you know, my issues with both AEW and WWE, but man, they yeah. freaking pulled that off like nobody's business. I mean, it was absolutely probably the most well done thing this year and anywhere. Yeah. So I, uh, I'll be out in Chicago for top guy weekend at free shows is doing a big event out there and, uh, I'm going to attend all out. And you mentioned now that you're kids actually get your son you know get to enjoy it as well same thing for me my son 
his birthday is actually September 5th, the day of the oh, pay-per-view. Wow. He turns 14. So we surprised him, and he I got him a ticket, and he's going to fly out. And he'll be able to watch CM Punk wrestle for the first time live in seven years for his birthday. But these are moments now he was, you know, really young when Punk, you know, was in the WWE before or last wrestled. So it's been watching him on the network or, hey, let's watch 2011 Money in the Bank and watch the Chicago reaction. We actually did that three days before the Rampage episode wow. just to see, hey, let's compare the crowds. Son, you yeah. know, Gavin, his name's Gavin. Let's let's check it out. And uh, so it's exciting, man, and seeing it through his eyes. And uh, it's just, you know, another layer of the fandom, and it's really cool. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. But you mentioned Edge. Are you kidding yeah. me? Edge was <laughs> was my guy, too. I yeah, love Edge. Yeah. Probably top five for me, uh, the rated R superstar. And him being back in wrestling, Daniel Bryan, you know, we're just, who knows, days away maybe from yeah. him coming back in. So exciting. So exciting. So you mentioned Top Guy Weekend, and I want to talk a little bit more about ad-free shows and the work that you do with them as well. So tell me about the process. How did you link up with friend of the show, Conrad Thompson? How did you uh, how did you link up with uh, with with Mr. Thompson? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it's an interesting story because I didn't know Conrad at all before any of this podcast stuff started. Really, it started with uh, Tony Schiavone. Well, for me, listening to Conrad, it started when with the Ric Flair show. Uh, you know, I was on Twitter and and heard about, uh, followed Ric Flair and saw that he was doing a podcast. So I started listening, and that's where I was first introduced to the voice of, uh, you know, our pandemic, the voice of, of, of the podfather, Conrad Thompson. Very unique Southern voice, if you will, uh, but very interesting and in listening to him and, and his connection with Ric Flair and Ric Flair being given a platform to, to uh, share some stories. So I became a fan and started listening there. And And it's easy when you're listening to a podcast and Conrad's very open about his life where you start to form a connection. You feel like, hey, this guy could be a friend of mine, a buddy of mine. And you just get to know someone just on one side of it, listening to him. And then all of a sudden the Bruce Pritchard show started and I started listening to that. And uh, and then the rumor happened where Shivani would be next. And I was a long time fan of Tony Schiavone, grew up, uh, you know, WWF and WCW, but Jim Crockett Promotions and uh, was really excited because he was one of those guys for me that kind of just went, you know, he just went off into Never Never Land, never heard from him again, but he was the voice of our childhood. And so you, I was always interested to hear his stories. So long story short, it all worked out. They started a Patreon. I was actually the first and still am a low-key big hog. Uh, a premium <laughs> member of Tony Schiavone's Patreon. I was the first one to sign up for it. And uh, I linked up with Tony and got to do their fo- uh, be a part of their first bonus uh, podcast episode. And uh, they actually had me on. And, hey, Paul Bromwell, how are you? It's the first time we ever met the three of us. It's out there somewhere in an archive somewhere. But uh, ended up getting, uh, getting to go to a couple live events and meeting Conrad here, there, a little bit everywhere, helping out at some StarCasts. It was a slow build, a relationship build where whether it be going to a star cast or whether it be going to one of their live shows and again, putting a face with a name and a handshake. And then, uh, then I started to dabble in podcasting and, uh, some friends of his in the group chat that he always talks about his, uh, sad news bears, uh, were listening <laughs> to some of the podcasts that I w- was doing and was kind of reporting back feedback, uh, to Conrad about me. And I, little did I know, uh, any of that. And, um, 
Cassio Kid was actually the one who sent me a video eventually, and it was Conrad swimming around in his pool. And he said, when Bromwell's done dabbling around with these other shows and wants to make some money or wants to you know, start working together, he'll give me a call for ad-free shows. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> Where's my phone? Jesus. Hello. Yeah, next, seriously. Next. So, yeah, next day, there was a text message from me to Conrad. Wow. And uh, before you know it, I was flying down to Huntsville, sitting in his office, and he was mapping out this whole strategy for ad-free shows. And he already had some ideas for me of where I could fit into that. And uh, it included the mailbag eventually, and we talked about some other opportunities, um, maybe some backup, uh, helping him out, tagging me in, whether he needed it for some things. And I thought to myself, good night. I sat there on the couch in his <laughs> office like, is this for real? Jesus. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, just I, I, it's all about relationships. But he said to me, he said, Paul, you check the boxes for me. I know, like, and trust you. And uh, that came through two, two years of just attending events. I was down there for low-key Big Hog weekend, and I rode around in his car with him for all the things that we did, and we just talked, Adam. We got to know each other. Our childhoods, uh, he asked me questions. I talked to him. When I ended up going down for Huntsville, we connected I got to spend the time with him and Megan. Uh, they asked me about my family life growing up, Bromwell, uh, what I did, you know, for my job now, and really just got to know each other on a level that said, by the time the weekend was over, we uh, we're gonna enjoy working together and excited about what's to come down the road. And after that weekend, it's been a crazy ride ever since. So I've just really feel honored, privileged, thrilled. It's still surreal, and I use that word. I feel like it's overused for me. I say it too many times. But the fact that I've started out as a fan of his and of his content and his shows and now having this tremendous responsibility, because trust me, this is a huge responsibility, being the guy that has to come in and introduce Eric or Arn or Kurt Angle and everybody, these thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands in some cases of listeners that say, who the heck is this guy and where's Conrad Thompson? And I know that, but I have to go into these recordings not worrying about that and trying just to deliver the best show that I can and finding my way. I'm still finding my way and all that um, because Conrad has a, a voice and a style. We work together with the guy that does the notes and we have notes that we need to cover, but I still have to, I'm still trying to find my own way and all that because I don't want to, I'm not Conrad Jr. I obviously don't sound anything like him, and I understand that. But I also want to make sure he he when he brought me on, he said, "I want you to be you, and I you know I don't want you to be Conrad Part Two, uh, be yourself." And um, so for me, it's just been working with the guys, and the more and more opportunity I get with them, it's again similar to what I did with Conrad. How do I build that connection and those relationships? Thankfully, I've gotten to do that with Mike Kyoto with the mailbag, and I think. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are enjoying that show, but that's because we really had time to breathe in and get to know each other and develop that relationship. And hopefully that'll happen too with some of the other guys as we continue to work together. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I can tell right off the bat when I listen to the, you know, the tag in shows, as you call them, uh, you know, it, it, it is very authentic to you, right? Like you just sound excited to be there, right? Like you would sound like me, like when I was talking to, and I can't, I'm always so excited to say this friend of the show, Eric Bischoff, uh, when I was talking to Eric, like, I'm just so excited to be in this position to to do this. Like, I'm a lifelong fan. I'm just a guy who watches wrestling and has the ability to talk to people. And here I am talking to 
arguably one of the like most important people in my life, you know, and, and, and devoting 40 minutes to him just to talk about things that he wants to talk about. It was just incredible, right? So for me to hear you do those things and to hear that level of excitement, the thoughts that you put into your questions, the the genuine, like, there's a genuine, uh, like, happiness that comes with listening to you do that. And I think that's, that's like, you either have that kind of thing or you don't. And I think that is really what makes the show special is because it's not just Conrad. You know, obviously we all love listening to Conrad, and he definitely was the voice of the pandemic for me being stuck in my house. <laughs> all day long catching up on the archives on everything but it's definitely a difference and I and I think it's a good difference and I'm I, I'm just always excited to see you back on the show and 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 you know tagging in for him but I did have a question about the episodes that you did with uh, Bruce Pritchard with his schedule obviously I know that there's things that you can't talk about and I would never let anybody peek behind the curtain or anything like that but What's it like being on call for Bruce? Like, tell me how that process works. Is it really like three o'clock in the morning? You're waiting for him to call you when you're recording, or did you have that specific episode kind of laid out? Yeah, no, that's a great question. That that's a that is something I will never forget, Adam. Because I, uh, it was the day before our family was set to leave for Myrtle Beach. We were going on vacation, and I knew that I was going to be tagged in uh, for the. Uh, Kurt and Edge uh, podcast while I was down there. So I had already packed uh, the green screen, the microphone, all the equipment. I literally packed all the stuff with me so that I could be prepared for Edge and Kurt Angle. Now, that week was the week Conrad turned 40. So he was going to Vegas. He was going, you know, had that mapped out. And when you think of a guy like Edge, they're going to adapt and, you know, do whatever they need to to get him recorded when he can be ready. So Conrad's like, listen, this is going to be your opportunity. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm all in edge is probably top five for me. So easy, easy, easy. I don't care if it's vacation. <laughs> so I knew that. And then I knew at some point, maybe later in the week, I might be tagged in for another angle. So I went down there realizing that. So I packed all the gear, get down to the, to this beach house. And, uh, I find a walk-in closet, okay, off the bedroom that um, literally I have an end table with a laptop, but it's on top of a box, a cardboard <laughs> box, so that it's stationed okay. <laughs> I have a, a, a ring light clipped to the cardboard box so that it's over top of it, so that works. I pull in an end table for my roadcaster, which I took with me. Uh, it, it, it's, to it's, it's, it's the goofiest setup that anybody has ever seen in the world. Oh, that's and, amazing. Um, and I'm hoping the Wi-Fi is good down there. Okay, so I finally get a little booth set up in there. And uh, Conrad texts me the day that I'm traveling down there because it's about a 10-hour trip and said, hey, Bruce is good to record on Sunday. You're going to have to do it. And I thought, oh, dear God, of course, this is a day that I'm going to do something to wrestle. Right. And uh, so I'm going so to be stuck in a fucking closet. Right. <laughs> I'm in a closet with I don't know what kind of Internet. And oh, by the way, Bruce doesn't use Zoom. He's a Skype guy. OK. Oh, God. Uh, and I haven't really done too much with Skype. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure how all this is going to play out. So that night I'm sitting there and Josh Odom, friend of ad free shows behind the scenes guy. I'm like, hey, can I test Skype you tonight? I got to make sure all this works. I'm supposed to record with Bruce on Sunday. I don't know what time yet. Conrad sent him my number. Yada, yada. Yeah, you can test me. So I'm testing all of it, making sure. OK, so then it gives me a video and then I guess I don't know what to do for audio. I'll record on my. You know, I mean, I'm going through all this stuff because this is Bruce Pritchard, the biggest show ever. 
So anyway, so I told my wife and my kids, hey, Sunday I'm out. I have no idea when Bruce Pritchard is going to call me, and I have to be here ready. So go to the pool, go to the beach, have a great vacation. <laughs> Daddy's already out for Tuesday because of Kurt Angle and Edge. Daddy's probably out for Friday. And Sunday, Bruce Pritchard, who knows when that guy's going to call me. So, yeah, it was a yo-yo job on, on that wow. Sunday. It was, hey, uh, I got a text from Bruce that said, hey, let's try to do it this morning. I said, okay, sounds good. I'll be here. Let me know when you're ready. Uh, then I got a, uh, I sat there, just watched TV. It went noon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock at night. Beth's like, well, I'm going to make some dinner. We're about to sit down. It's Mexican ready to go. I get a text. Hey, I'm ready to record right now. Okay, here we go. <laughs> See you. I I'm jump out. up, yep. run right over. Wow. It's lit it was literally just like that. Wow. But he had he did call me in the afternoon and he said, "Listen, I'm trying my best. I'm trying to get some office work done. As soon as I'm done, Paul, I'll 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 let you know." And I said, "Thank you, Bruce. I'm here for you whatever you need cuz you're going to be accommodating whatever you need." Absolutely. So, I, I ran into the closet. 5.30, Skype called me. Um, the sweat's starting to pop out on my forehead because I know it's go time. I pull up the notes, and he's like, all right. There was no, hey, let's pre-talk either. It was yeah. like, all right, all right, you ready? Okay, here we go. Go. Hey, welcome to Something to Wrestle. I mean, and it's go time. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea how he was going to play that episode with me, and he let me have it the yes. whole show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man man he, was giving, about it, he was giving it chops to yeah dude, oh. he was giving it to you good man I, calling you every other name under the sun except for your actual you know god-given name yes um it seemed like you guys had a lot of fun though again like i said it just that's that's the impression that i got from that was that you guys were just having a good time and obviously it just sounds like bruce was breaking your stones a little bit i i can't imagine like what's it like to work with bruce though i mean it just seems like uh just it's intimidating like, yeah i was gonna say that's probably the word right yeah, it's intimidating. I did not know where he was coming from and realizing that there are going to be possibly hundreds of thousands of people listening to this. And this is your you, you only get one shot. OK, mm -hmm. this is it. And um, I'm in a crappy environment where the Internet's not great. There's some clipping with the audio like and I knew that it would. there was some work I was going to have to do in post. It was the 40 for 40 on ad free shows day with Conrad. So the so Evan's reaching out. Paul, I, that was the 40th piece of content. How soon can you have that edited into me tonight? That needs to be the last piece. So there was just everything was like, and we're already recording late. So everything was pressure cooker situation. I have notes and I can throw things at him. But what you're not re necessarily ready for, because all this is kind of last minute, is the return volley. And I and he would throw the return volley at me. And I would have to just try to dance as quick as possible and for me, that's not what a lot of the other hosts have done in my experience. So it was the first time for me, and Bruce is really good at it. But it was a good experience for me. I have to be ready for a guy like Bruce. But it was just, you know, I, I, I think I navigated it okay, but I was very disappointed in the audio. I had to do a lot of work with it to make it sound okay. Uh, his, his Skype connection was terrible. <laughs> so, And then I wasn't in the best environment either for a good recording. So we made it work, but I tell you what. If I have to do it again, I'm better prepared, and uh, it was an experience that I'll never forget. People still call me Levi, Gabriel, uh, Jim, Dave. I felt like I just got was with Bobby the Brain Heenan, honestly, because if you watch those old Bobby the Brain Heenan skits, he yeah. would go into the, you know, work with the hotel guy. Hey, Steve, Jim, Dave, you know, whatever. <laughs> he called everybody their name, you know, every name in the book except their first name. At the end of the show, 
thank you for something to wrestle with. Well, at the end, he's like, there's no way we're airing this, right? This was go- this was terrible. Well, he's doing all this. I had already stopped recording. Oh, no and shit. He goes, he call- and he calls me. He's like, hey, you got all that at the end, right? I'm like, well, I think I might have got a little bit, but then I turned it off. He's like, no, no. Me and Conrad do this bit where after we close the show, we just keep talking like shit to each other. And I'm like, Bruce, I don't know how much of it I got. He's like, well, thank you, man. You were a good sport. And he was really nice. But I was like, well, thanks a lot, Bruce. You know, um, but you know what? <laughs> I then it clicked with me because during it, I thought he was real. At some point in the middle of it, he didn't prepare me for what he was going to do to me. So oh. I was sitting there like I had no clue that he was going to rib me this hard. Wow. And so I thought, man, he's really just shitting on me in the moment. I thought that. But then I saw afterwards that was just him being entertaining. But uh, so it clicked for me after we were done that that's what it all was. So I thought, well, here we go. Can't wait to see this feedback on, online. Well, you know what, Paul, I got to tell you, and I reached out to you after you did the episode, I know for sure, because we follow each other on Twitter. And um, I uh, I was very impressed by how you did. Um, I did not hear any audio issues at all. I thought the show sounded incredible. And I think you did a fantastic job and you should be absolutely proud of that, um, as well as the Kurt Angle and Edge episode. I mean, that was what. So for me, when I think about, you know, again, like talking to Eric or even DDP or some of the folks I've had come through the show, like there's always this sense of like anxiety before you get started. Right. And I'm sure you kind of understand that. Like there's a, like almost like it's like bubbles yes. in your stomach. You're nervous. You want to make sure you don't sound like an yes. idiot, you know, asking the right question, especially for somebody like Eric, you know, which we both had experiences yeah. with like he's a very direct kind of guy and i i'm that was my right. fear like oh he's gonna think i'm a moron you know but it's like yeah. you know what was that like for you with edge you know being on a show not just with kurt angle but with edge who you mentioned was in your top five i mean that must have just been yeah. mind-blowing how did you feel going into that and and what was that like for you yeah coming off the bruce pritchard two days later i have edge and it was that one was a little easier because again we have a great staff that does uh, a lot of helps us with the notes and edge and uh kurt angle for his show it's very unique compared to all the other conrad shows kurt angle kicks it off hey welcome to the kurt angle show and so he kicks it off intros me i know what i'm about to say but to me that show was all about staying out of the way i had certain questions that i knew that i was going to ask and um, I was told, hey, this needs to go about an hour. So it's on you to make sure that it does. So if that means you have to fill time, then do it. Uh, but so what I would do is I would see where Kurt's questions were because he had those uh, for me as well. But when it was my turn to ask a question, if I knew I had to do filler time, I would try to say something uh, first, like a, a follow up question and then get to my question so that it wouldn't screw up me and Kurt's rhythm. Um, and then I would try to throw some things in there. Like there were a few things in the interview I threw in there regarding Ray Mysterio. I wanted him to go a little bit more in depth about his thoughts on Ray. I wanted him to talk about, I kind of threw out there. What about you and Cena? You're both back in the company right now. Could we ever see the rematch? Those were just little things I threw out there that weren't necessarily part of the script, but I would just intermingle, but it was, it was so, it was easy as far as just kind of following the template that we had built out. And realizing that Kurt was going to drive as far as the intro and the outro, but still very nervous. And you just hope nothing goes wrong because, you know, you have that window of time with Edge. But he was so talkative. You know how it is as far as doing this. When you have somebody that's giving and talkative and uh, just wants to get in detail and share some great stories, it makes our jobs as hosts so much easier because we can just sit back lob the softballs and then they're the storytellers people are there for them they're not there yeah, for us exactly they're, 100%. they're for them 
So, so uh, when they're that way, it just makes everything that we do so much easier. And uh, and so I felt like that was a great episode. I couldn't wait for that one to to be published and get out there. But it was it wasn't uh, that bad. But it was so it was again surreal. My favorite word to know that I was sitting here in a three way screen with Kurt Angle and Edge. Unbelievable. Wow. Um, yeah, as a wrestling fan too, nonetheless. And yeah, I mean, you're you're right. Like when I, you know, with 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 DDP, it was I had a, a list of questions. You know, I do all my prep work myself. I I research and I, I go yep. through books and and internet stuff, like anything I can find, right? And I really wanted to talk to him about things like the AWA, and I wanted to talk about a whole bunch of different things. I ended up only being able to ask him six questions because every time <laughs> I would ask him a question, he would go, he would talk for 10, 15, 20 minutes, and that's not yeah. a bad thing. Is because yeah. no one wants to fucking listen to me talk while it's a show with. Diamond Dallas Page. They're here to hear DDP. I'm just the guy volleying the questions and allowing them the space to speak. And I think, again, that's what differentiates, you know, us from from other shows that might be out there is allowing the guest and the the focus of the show, the room to breathe and to speak about the things that we want to ask them about. But again, I can't I can't praise you enough, Paul. I uh, I am always like amazed by the level of of professionalism and work that you do. You have a solid radio voice and um, it's perfect. And I think you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, I do want to talk more about ad-free shows uh, because I am a sure. sub- I am a, a ad-free show subscriber. Um, I am on the Patreon as well. Um, you are a top guy. A top guy weekend is happening. Is it now or is it next weekend? Yeah, so it's next weekend. So uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, really, it's that it kicks off Friday before Labor Day. So let me pull up my little calendar so I don't yeah, get go it wrong. For it. Friday, September the third is when it all goes down. Uh, there at the uh, the uh, Hyatt uh, Regency in uh, in Chicago, Schaumburg, should I say? And uh, we're really excited about Top Guy Weekend. So this is an event for all of our top guys and gals that have been with us uh, for several months. These are this is how this was kind of built too. It wasn't only all the content that AdFree had to offer as a top guy and all the the special Zoom events and experiences. We just did one last night with Dr. Tom Pritchard, by the way, wow. for Top Guys. That was a lot of fun. We went two hours. Dr. Tom had so many great stories. But wow, I can't even um, imagine. Part of this, part of this uh, Top Guy experience or membership was a get-together, was a massive get-together. And because of the pandemic, that hasn't been able to happen. Well, here we are. We were able to get uh, this one together. And I'm telling you what, it is going to be an experience that uh, these folks are never going to forget uh, we're able to push through even with uh, some of the uh, the environment that we're still in. And everybody that uh, they know and have come to love and the voices of ad-free shows are going to be there in some form or fashion where they're, we're going to have some special guests. Can't give away uh, the agenda because uh, we still really want things to be a surprise or if we have any last-minute tweaks or changes. But I'm telling you what, it's going to be a weekend that they're never going to forget. A lot of work, a lot of preparation has gone into this. We're having extra team meetings uh, throughout the week at nights and Zoom events just to make sure that everything's completely coordinated. It's like a mini StarCast. I heard someone say that on our staff call this week. But Evan Polisher, Dave Silva uh, are working along with Conrad to make sure that this event goes flawlessly. Uh, Mike Dawkins is involved in helping and Dave Hancock. So many of the guys uh, working together from audio and video uh, Chris McDonald putting videos together uh, all the way through to all the helpers. Lauren, uh, who is the Zoom queen, we call her. Her and I will be there as well helping out. Lori Shivani, who helps Tony with his Patreon, she's there as well. So many of us that are going to be there, but I really think that everyone is going to have an absolute blast. And you can't ask for a better timing either uh, with AEW being in the area for their yeah. uh, events. So you have Dynamite Wednesday. They're there for Rampage on Friday night. And then... Uh, 
Sunday night's their big pay-per-view. So a lot of guys are making a weekend out of it and sticking around for the pay-per-view Sunday night. But I'm telling you, it's going to be a loaded event full of experiences. Um, I think Conrad might be bringing a couple things from his personal collection. Oh, wow. Photo opportunities. So there's just going to be a lot of good stuff happening. Plus, listen, Adam, it's a way for guys that have gotten to know each other through Zooms, through chats, through all of this to finally connect and meet and hang out and have a good time too. So, so much, uh, so much fun stuff to look forward to with this weekend. I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys. I know eventually once, uh, once I'm in a better position, I'm going to become a top guy because that's definitely something that would be right up my alley. So, uh, oh, just gotta it. get, just gotta get back to Philadelphia first, which should be within the next month. But, uh, I love all the content you guys do, everything that comes out. It's just incredible. I love getting the shows early and ad free, which I feel like that is probably the best part of everything is just being able to listen to it early and getting the jump start on everybody. But where can people sign up for that? If they're interested in, in finding out more about ad free shows and, and give me, Tell the listeners who are listening to this program a little bit more about what's on there. Sure. So uh, definitely go over to adfreeshows.com. If you're watching the video version of this, it's just the website that's over my shoulder here. Adfreeshows.com. You're going to pull up the site. That's right. And yeah. uh, which side here? Right, <laughs> right there here. you go. <laughs> yeah. And, give them the, uh, give them the Vanna White. Yeah. The Vanna White. <laughs> right here above my shoulder. And this is the site you want to check out. We're all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel. And uh, that's where you want to go. You're going to see various tier options for which you can sign up for. The first tier starts at $9 a month. That's where you get all your episodes, your favorite episodes, early and ad-free. So if you're uh, tired of all the Conrad Thompson reading of ads and everything, and, and, and I heard, I've heard him say it. Everybody's like, wow, there's too many ads on your shows. Well, you know why? Because he gets so many downloads for his shows, everybody wants to advertise with him. So either you're going to hit the fast forward button or you're going to spend $9, get him early. And that means as soon as we're done hitting the record button, we upload these puppies uh, to a Google Drive and they're going straight to the site. So you're getting him a few days earlier than everyone else. Uh, and also not only that, but you get him on video. So we have a group of guys that are post-producing and taking these zooms and modifying them they do an enhanced video version of them as well where they're doing different graphics that fly in and showing some pictures and different things as we're talking do a really nice job so you get them early ad free get them on video and then as you move up those tiers you get options to other content and other experiences uh, so we've talked about the monday mailbag so every monday there's a mailbag show that drops uh, i host one with mike kyota that drops every other monday and my goodness I can only speak for that show. Uh, we get so many questions for that show every other week now. Uh, Mike's a lot of fun. Not only does he talk wrestling, we talk a lot about some of the fantastic food places that he's gone on his journey. Um, I'm guilty of talking about the food with him, but we have so much fun with it. He's, he, he likes football. Uh, so we're, we're talking about doing this thing where we go uh, the, the three count. Who's, who's going down for the three count this week and maybe picking three matchups every week in the NFL this year at the end of the show for the season just to have a little bit of fun and add a little variety. But he asks, answers a lot of questions about uh, his time in wrestling. Uh, and then Gerald Briscoe on the alternating Monday, he does a mailbag show too with Taylor Williamson. That gets a lot of great feedback. X-Ray with Dr. Tom Pritchard is another show that releases every week. I get to work with him on that show where we take one match, a classic wrestling match, and uh, watch it together. And he analyzes it and breaks it down. We might talk a little bit about the storyline around that time. But he's going to take you through the psychology of that match. 
and maybe talk about his experiences with those wrestlers. I mean, he's trained folks from Randy Orton to The Rock, helped Vince McMahon get ready for his wrestling matches. Uh, so he's got a lot of experience in the wrestling business, a great tag team wrestler, spent a lot of time in Smoky Mountain working with Jim Cornette. And uh, we just did a nice Zoom with him for the top guys. So we do a lot of stuff. If you want to graduate all the way and be a, a top guy, you're going to get experiences like upcoming in another week or so, uh, the beginning of September, Jonathan Coachman is just going to join our top guys for an event. And they're going to be able to ask uh, the top guys, ask him questions. And I hear he's going to share some things about why we may or may not ever see him again in the WWE. So wow. there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming. But those are the experiences. Another AEW star is on the way for another Zoom event uh, with us. We've had Dax Harwood join us for watch-alongs of some of their old matches and work with Arn Anderson. We've had Tully. Uh, we've just had so many really cool opportunities. And a lot of these top guys and my push members, once you get to that tier, you get Book Club. That's a monthly deal where we'll take a wrestling book you can read the book. We'll have the author on, and you get to ask questions from that author about the book. And I mean, like I was about to say, Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone, Jeff Jarrett, they know these top guys now on a one, on a first name basis. It's wow. really incredible to see the connection. Michael, how you doing? So let, let me see. You know, Eric Bischoff, how was that? You know, the roast, the pork that you did last week on the on the cooker. I mean, it's literally it gets that granular. The relationships that are being built with some of these guys. Because the connection's there. Yeah. When you talk to somebody every week or every other week on a Zoom, face-to-face, -face, just like we're doing here today, that relationships grow. And all of a sudden, then when you see them at a convention, it's a little bit different than, oh, hi, let me sign your item. Right. It's, hey, we're catching up now, and we're, we're, we're like we're friends. Yeah. And that's what we're building is that community over there with not just, um, you know, the, the 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 jobbers from the 80s these are guys that made amazing cr incredible differences in the business for so long and uh, i think that there could be more to come in conrad's world in terms of podcasts uh shows down the road he's not done the man is not done and i'm telling you uh it's just going to get bigger and better and badder as we continue to grow ad-free shows. So it's a very exciting time to do it. So if you're on the fence thinking about it, now is the time to do it. It's not too late. This is not the only time we're going to have a Top Guy event. This is the first of what I think will be many uh, as we continue to grow. And, you know, one thing you never say about Conrad Thompson, you never say never with him. And and he put it out into the universe about Jeff Jarrett. And all of a sudden, holy shit, Jeff Jarrett's doing a podcast. And he keeps talking about Paul Heyman. And I, I would cancel every other membership subscription if an, if a if a podcast between Conrad Thompson and Paul Heyman took place, I would just I would I would cancel everything and funnel every dollar to get that show early and ad free on adfreeshows.com. That <laughs> that would just be incredible. So I am uh, I am very excited, and that's the other thing I feel like when I open up ad free shows and I open up my phone, it's it's a sense of community. It's a sense of being a part of something really cool. You know, wrestling to me has always been about community. It's always been about doing something and meeting people. I was just at the park yesterday with my kids and my daughter had an NWO t-shirt on and the guy was standing there with his kids and he goes, oh my God, I didn't know they made NWO t-shirts that small. And I said, dude, it's for life, brother, you know, and we started catching up about the NWO and like you just, it, it's, and I'm sure you've had those experiences too, Paul, where you're just walking around and you know, yeah. you, somebody makes a reference to your shirt or somebody talking about something and you just connect right away. And I think that's what ad free shows really does is allows you to connect with people just like you right away. And that's what, what is, is so exciting. So I dig all this stuff 
stuff you guys are doing. Uh, I'm very excited for what's to come. It sounds like there's a lot of really cool things coming, and I'm glad you're going to be a part of it. But Paul Bromwell, there, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you the rapid-fire questions, which I have given to friend of the show, Conrad Thompson. Um, and you can find all of our stuff in the archive at foundationradio.net. I have a list of rapid fire questions that I'd love to ask Uh-oh. you before I let you go, sir. So I know you said that you don't usually use your uh, your social media or any of your platforms to uh, give your opinions and analysis. So you feel free to pass on any of these questions. But uh, here we go. Top question is all time favorite wrestling match. Wow. All time favorite wrestling match. Hmm. It's got to be I would probably say the first Undertaker uh HBK match, WrestleMania. Uh, not the second one, but the first one they did. I just felt like that was incredible. Uh, so Shawn Michaels, uh, uh, Undertaker. Favorite WrestleMania? I got to go with three. I got to go with three because I remember that's the first one that sticks out to me as a kid as the biggest thing that I've ever seen in my life with the light bulbs and the 100,000, almost 100,000 people, Hulk and Andre. That is an incredible match to think about. Uh, I remember being probably, I don't even know how old I was the first time I saw that, but just night, like they, that was the genesis for me was, was watching Hogan and Andre. I was like, yep, this is it for me. I love this. Yeah. The absolute worst match of all time. Ooh, worst match of all time. I know Conrad worst would probably, he would probably say dog kennel from hell or Judy Bagwell on the pole, but <laughs> And there's a lot of stuff you could pick from that WCW era. Oh, God. It was fucking dreadful, Worst man. Worst match of all time. Oh. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. That is a bold <laughs> statement, sir. And I don't disagree with you. Paul, why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? It was 27 yet, so seconds. Dude, okay. 27 seconds. So here's a good one. What was worse, that or Brock and Kofi? Oh. Because both of them were the shits, man. Yeah. And it's not for a lack oh. of talent. It was just the booking was like, I again, I've never booked a wrestling I, that's match. That's a toss-up. That's a, that's a toss But I'm just going to still stick with this one because it's so fresh in my mind. Wow. What, that you, was a match I had just watched, and me and my dad looked at each other and were like, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell happened here? Uh, the absolute worst gimmick. Oh, man. The worst gimmick? I'll go Red Rooster. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that answer right bad. there. Yeah. Uh, your favorite wrestling angle. Ooh, favorite wrestling angle. Mm. One of the ones that just, I'm just going to go with what immediately came into my mind, and that was uh, Shawn Michaels super kicking Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Good answer. That's a good answer. The biggest missed opportunity in professional wrestling. Hmm. The fact that Vince and Triple H could not figure out how to work better with CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah, there could have been a long why, why history Why could we not figure that out? Why did we have seven years of no punk? Yeah. Why did, why did it have to be so long? Opportunity. Huge missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Uh, WWE AEW crossover through the forbidden door. Does it ever happen? No. I don't see it ever happening. They're too proud. WWE would be too proud. Not that it wouldn't happen from AEW side, but I think Vince, uh, even if he's gone, or, you know, he would have to be gone. And Triple H, they maybe they would have to be sold in order to consider something like that. But under the current regime, there's too much pride. Who's your? Who do you enjoy watching more, Randy Orton or Kenny Omega? 
Ooh. Kenny Omega. Any reason why? I Randy Orton's amazing, does great work, but uh, I feel like Kenny Omega just has a little bit more excitement and 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 can do. I, I feel like when he's he can bring more out of more out of uh, wrestlers from what I've seen. Some of the matches that he had, especially in New Japan, you know, some of those seven stars Tokyo Dome matches. Uh, so I think he can bring a little bit out of other of other talent. Not saying Randy can't and all that, but uh, right. Randy's more uh, slower paced, more formulaic. So I would say Kenny Omega a little bit more excitement. Yeah, and that like just to be clear, there was no knock against either one of those performers. It's That's just right. who your who your preference is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, WCW, and I want to be clear on this one: pre Russo at the height of the NWO that time frame or ECW. Ooh. So WCW when the NWO was at its height or yep. ECW. Correct. Man, I was an ECW guy living right outside of Philadelphia. I just loved their the music. I loved everything about yeah. it. The feel, yeah. the hardcore. I loved the adult style uh, themes. And I, I, I was an ECW guy, so give me ECW. Now, actually, let's let's go back on that because I forgot that you're a Philly guy. You're right in you're right in Reading. I'm from outside of Philadelphia in Westchester, but I'm now in Pittsburgh. Hopefully, back in West in Westchester soon. Um, okay. I always like to hear everybody's experiences about trying to find because if you never like if you didn't grow up in that time when ECW yeah. was on TV, you have no idea how fucking difficult it was to find ECW on television. So, like for me. It was, I think it was WGTV or one of those offshoot stations. We had to go to my grandparents' house in Delaware County, and they had the fucking bunny ears that you'd have to move around, and the, the cable, you know, you'd have to get the fucking cable shit figured out, and then you could finally get that station. Uh, and yeah. it was only on at like 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, like a Friday or Saturday night. So what was your experience trying to search out and find ECW? I love that you asked me that. No one has ever asked me that, so this is awesome. The guy that I worked with at Acme Markets, you know Acme Markets, Of course, right? Acme Markets. Now, where, which Acme yeah. Market did you work at? <laughs> I worked in one in, in Elkton, Maryland. So no shit. I, I, yeah, I was in Elkton, Maryland, and uh, which was halfway between Philly and Baltimore, that yep. part of Maryland. And uh, I, I connected with a, a wrestling buddy there that was big time into it. He would bring me tapes, and uh, I believe they were from RF Video because it had that label on the on the tape cassette. But he would uh, lend me uh, those tapes, uh, and I would uh, take them home and watch them on VCR. And that's how I'd wow. watch ECW. Wow. And then it... we would go to shows. I saw him at Kahuna, uh, the big Kahuna in, uh, in Wilmington, Delaware. And I saw him at Glasgow High School in Glasgow, Delaware. And then I saw him at the ECW Arena as well. Wow. That, again, it's like it's, a, it's lightning in a bottle. There's, there's, <laughs> there would never be a time. I feel like again, like because we're from the Philly area, like you, you right. there's almost like a little chip on your shoulder about ECW in some respects, right? Like, like hey, that's yeah. our shit, goddamn it, you know. And it's just that's right, man. It was this really exciting time to to be a part of. Uh, Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, and like you can't replicate something like that, you know. You can't replicate that that time. I mean, even still today, I was just talking to my wife about it. My favorite tag team of all time is the Dudley Boys, and that oh, yeah. love of them started when I watched ECW. Now, I probably shouldn't be shouldn't have been watching ECW when I was thirteen or fourteen years old, not understanding everything that was happening and the violence and shit. But you know, <laughs> hey, whatever, it it works, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just it's a it's a crazy time. It was a crazy time to be a wrestling fan. Um, what was it like going to the ECW arena um, and seeing the oh. show live? Oh, man, it was awesome because it was like this vaunted, oh, you're at the ECW arena. I mean, it was a, a, a 
it wasn't anything special uh, as far as just to look at. You're standing in line hoping you don't get shot outside the building. <laughs> but once you get in, it's just like it is like, hey, I'm, I'm a church. I'm yeah. a hardcore church right now, and we're about ready to sit through an experience of a lifetime. Wow. So it was awesome. But I tell you, I, my thing, the thing that I remember the most was being at the Big Kahuna, which was like a nightclub, and them doing a show there, and them wrestling down the Dudleys, wrestling down in the crowd, wow. and just being like, and Bubba Ray just throwing someone into the bar, and him just coming right by me and like shoving me a little bit uh, to the side. And I thought that that guy would kick my ass. Yeah, dude, because uh, he's a big boy. And uh, but yeah, no man, I loved the raw and yeah, the realness of ECW but whew, how and, and I just remember too the excitement because they were growing and then seeing him be on pay-per-view for the yeah. first one like and then they you know so it was cool because it was like they were in growth mode too well, and not just seeing them on, on pay-per-view, but eventually like TNN, because a lot, you yeah. know, you know how it is from Philly, man. Everybody shits on us every chance they get. And, you know, it's always yes. a thing. And, you know, having something homegrown like that, that is now this massive entity, like it was really cool, man. It was really cool to see that sort of flourish and become its own thing. I, I just talked to Meanie about that the other day, front of the show, Blue Meanie. And uh, he, uh, we were talking about when Jim Cornette and Jerry Lawler showed up. Uh, at the show oh, and, yeah. and I mean I can't like that was one of those moments for me like I will never forget where I was when I watched that for the first time and um, it just was unexpe unexpected moments like that were just incredible so yeah I'm glad to take this little ECW detour and I'm happy to talk ECW with you whenever you want so you just let me know um, sounds good man uh, the NWO or DX oh give me DX are you kidding me? They had they had the socket. They had girls taking their shirts off. Listen, I was down at King of the Ring in it was Greensboro. I it was a two day trip. Same guy that was letting me borrow tapes for ECW. He and I went on a road trip. I think it was two thousand one. No, no, no. It was in the nineties. Okay, it was in the late nineties, and we went down and we did a raw. It was the raw that. Uh, Stone Cold beat The Undertaker for the title. Oh, yeah. You were at that one. I, I was at that. It was Holy a Charlotte shit. Greensboro back-to-back -back, uh, event. It was King of the Ring was at one, and Raw the next night was at the other. And uh, Stone Cold beat Undertaker. I was there. But the night before was King of the Ring, and we were there for that one. We, we traveled the next day. That's where Michael Hayes yelled at me because I had a, a, one of those big handy cams, and I was recording at him as he was talking to somebody, old wrestling stories in the lobby of a hotel, and he looked at me, he's like, are you recording? And I was like, yes, sir. He's like, turn that on. And I, he yelled at me, and I about shit my pants. But anyway, <laughs> the crowd, I think it was Charlotte for that Raw. Anytime there was a commercial break, the DX the DX flavor was happening yeah. all around me, and I thought, holy shit, this is my favorite gimmick of all time. <laughs> Again, it's one of those times, man. You had to live through it to get it, man. It, it's just, was. It was wild shit. Incredible. I used to tell my dad, I used to get so pissed, I'd be like, Dad, I want to go to one of these shows. You know, they're always in Philly. They're always doing stuff, and oh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go. He knew what the fuck we were watching. There was no way he was going to take his teenage kid through a fucking <laughs> wrestling right. show in Philadelphia of all places, right? It was oh. bad enough we saw them throw batteries at J.D. Drew, man. It was never going to fucking happen. Yeah. Never that's gonna right. happen, man. You remember that shit, right? When they threw, I, again, oh, I do. Like, oh man, I was at that game at I the do. vet. We were up in the four or five hundred level, and they were like, okay, they were, they were throwing like, uh, what were they doing? They were throwing um, uh, cardboard signs at first, and then they were just like, throw, like first it was trash, and then it was the cardboard signs, and then they would they were like stopping the game, and all of a sudden you see these shiny things like flying into the outfield, and here it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's goddamn double A or, uh, or D batteries coming down the hill at him. And I was like, oh dude, my that is, God, that is, dude. 
my dad. I, you know, I had forgotten all about it until you just brought that up. But I yeah. now I I remember it. My dad. Grabbed, and who was he playing for? Was he playing for the Braves at that point, or I think who, it was, was it the just Cardinals? If I remember, Cardinals. Correctly? Okay. I think I can't remember which. I I think it was a it was a red the red. I think it was the Cardinals because I remember there was a okay. whole thing about him supposed to be coming to Philadelphia, and then I think he ended up at St. Louis. So of course we yeah, were just St. like Louis. you know fuck you guys. And we ended, I mean, he literally was like, he grabbed us and was like, we need to leave right now. Cause you, you know, you remember the vet, you could feel that energy that was just like pulsing through the stands. And it was like something bad is about to happen here. Cause they, it, they went over the intercom and they were like, if this happens again, you guys have to, we're going to end the game. It was, it was August 10th, 1999, his that first is, game at Veteran Stadium. That is the correct event. Look at you, Paul Bromwell. Thank you, sir. August 10th, 1999. That's right. And actually, that, it's funny you said it because that was the game my dad took us to because my birthday is August 5th, and my dad took us to a ball game for my birthday. So, holy shit, man. What a what a yep. time to be alive. But I'm glad I made it out alive. Uh, final question for <laughs> you. I know, you gotta, I know we, we're, we're short on time, but uh, the final question for you today, Sting and The Undertaker wrestle, both of them in the prime of their career. Who goes over? This is hard. I'm such a Sting guy. I love them both, but I'm going to pick Sting. Really? You're the first person that's ever picked Sting asking that question. Why do you think Sting goes over? That's because I'm an idiot. This is why I don't post opinions on Twitter. You see, I'd be I'd be lit up like a Christmas tree. I was uh, height of his career, so we're gonna call that the crow sting. Then I yeah. guess I would say because I feel like he was the most over there. I just I think that. Uh, I loved that that gimmick. I loved Sting. I just felt like, you know, he was the man. And uh, listen, I don't know. I'm just going with Sting. There's not really a real reason why I would say he was a, fr- a fan favorite. I know he wasn't WWE fan favorite or wasn't in the WWE at the time, but my heart will uh, will go with Sting in that match. Uh, don't get me wrong. Love Taker and love everything that he's done for the business and his WrestleMania streak. Never thought he should have lost to Brock Lesnar. Thought that streak should have lived on. But if I had to choose who I'd like to see win that match, and because you didn't say WrestleMania, no, uh, but who I would like to win that match, I'll go with Sting. And you know what? I was going to say that might be a controversial opinion too. Everybody says the Undertaker, but in my heart, I'm going, oh man, it's Sting. It's got to be Sting, right? That's right. Here's a, here's one that'll get me lit up, and I'm going to share this on social media too as the video clip for this episode. I think Sting should have broken the streak. Ooh, I think Sting should have broke the streak because I feel like the only way, the only way to pay that match off is to have him break the streak. What do you think? My only problem with it is, is having Sting break the streak at his at an older age. Correct. I'm talking like at the at when the invasion at happened. At his peak. When you're, we're yeah. talking like Crow Sting and we're talking like okay. Ministry of Darkness. Like we can't do any of the American Badass stuff. Like it has to be like dark evil undertaker okay. right the height of both of them because i mean still undertaker still had a lot of gas left in the tank after that but we're talking like dark characters invasion timeline you make them go backwards you know no no big evil stuff you put, put them right back in the ministry gimmick i mean you're talking about a match i, that's I agree made. i agree because i i could see that because also think about it too the streak itself it it grew every year he won so if you do this back in 2001 the streak's still important. Is it important to as it was as far as the level that it grew to by the time he lost to Brock Lesnar? Probably not. Right. Still important, but probably not to the to the um, level that it was that it got to by the time he did lose to Lesnar. So um, I, I, I'm down with that. 
I know I'm going to get lit up. Like you said, I'm going to get lit up like a Christmas tree on the internet for that one. But you know what? I don't care because that's what I believe. And if you don't believe that, then tweet at me at this is Goober and tell me how much. That's your opinion. That's why I share it on Twitter. Right. It's not like I'm saying anything crazy. I'm just saying what I would have liked to have seen. Paul Bromwell, tell everybody where they can find you on on your socials, man. Yeah, you can find me at Paulie B. Well, so P-A-U-L-Y-B-W-E-L-L. Uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's where you can follow me. Uh, and uh, no, I appreciate all of this. Again, adfreeshows.com is where you can find most of the content that I'm doing is behind the paywall. If you don't hear me on there and hear me on the main feeds, uh, sorry, it's my week. I got tagged in for one reason or the other. Uh, Conrad was not able to make it or needed me to jump in, but I'm having a blast, man, doing everything that I'm doing with Conrad and for adfreeshows.com. And uh, I appreciate all the love and support. And I appreciate you having me on uh, this week, Adam. Absolutely, Paul. It's been my pleasure. And uh, again, I can't wait to see what's coming with you guys on ad-free shows. I'm hoping to hear more of Paul uh, on the on my telephone when I'm listening to my podcast. And I really appreciate you coming by, man. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Proprietor.